So just before we get started today's episode, wanted to introduce the podcast, what it's going to be about. Today's episode is all about remote working and attending college from home. I know it's been a challenge for people the last year. Habits and routines have been flipped upside down. We've had to adapt and try to do the best we can with the situation that is in front of us. Hopefully this podcast can shed some light on that situation, provide you with some food for thought and maybe some potential ideas on how you can improve your well-being when working from home or attending college from home. I think they're both interrelated and a lot of the things that we say about college can be applied to work. A lot of the things that we say about work can be applied to college. So now that that brief introduction is out of the way, you can sit back, relax and enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello and you're very welcome back to another episode of Ladvoice.ie, let's get talking, let's get sharing podcast. I think before we get started, the sun is shining, the summer is coming, there's a lot to look forward to and I hope you're looking forward to listening in to this conversation. Uh, in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about well-being, I'm going to be talking about working from home and uh, I'm joined by a lovely guest, Louise Nixon, um, who is currently based in the Netherlands um, and we'll get talking and discussing uh, kind of why she's over there, what she's studying, what her line of work is. But first, I'll give her a chance to just introduce herself and say hello. Yeah, so hi, Nathan. Um, my name is Louise Nixon and I'm from Dunboyne in County Meath in Ireland. And I'm currently in Maastricht in the Netherlands um, doing my master's in health and social psychology. Um, and I'm also doing my internship with an Irish-based company called Workit. Um, and work could have a well-being tool called Power, um, which is where I'm predominantly working at the minute as well. I think um, at the moment, one of the big things that is like so important, especially with regards to like the whole kind of movement of working from home and working remotely is, is that piece of well-being. And it's even like aside from work, it's an incredibly important um, aspect of life is your well-being, about your physical and your mental well-being. And I think people are kind of um, trying to put a, an emphasis on that within their lives and have some form of structure because there is a lot of, you know, routine and our daily habits that have been flipped upside down and we've had to try and adapt and kind of put in place something that is, you know, somewhat resemblant of, of, a, of a structured and um, I suppose uh, well-thought-out routine. But um, what I wanted to basically start off with was kind of asking you a little bit about your choice to study psychology, digital well-being and kind of in that area. Was there any particular reason why you chose that um, line of study? Or Yeah, so I started off with my undergrad or my bachelor in psychology in Dublin City University. And um, it was for my final year thesis that I did research with Fitbits and how to um, promote physical activity um, using um, goal setting and self-monitoring of behavior and how Fitbits can um, kind of help with this to improve physical activity among people. And so I became really interested in digital health and well-being um, during that research and then went on to do further research with um, Dr. Brian Slattery from DCU and we did research on engagement in digital health interventions. So it was then that I decided, right, this is the area that I want to really get into and this is the career path that I want to take. So I went on then to apply for this master's and um, apply for um, the role in Workit. Um, so Workit have been really supportive of my studies and my professional development. So I'm really lucky to be working there as well and um, really enjoying the work that I'm doing with well-being and health and social psychology. It's all tying in really nicely. So I'm very lucky with the role that I have now. That's brilliant. And I think it's fascinating with the whole kind of 
the world is adopting technology more and more every day and it's becoming such a massive like factor and, and aspect of our lives. And I think with that, it can cause both positives and negatives. I think I always choose to try and focus on the positive aspect, <clears throat> positive aspect of things. And um, like even with regards to this whole lockdown and, you know, the move to being more remote and being somewhat isolated from, you know, normality or society technology has lended itself in such a positive sense to that kind of remaining connected with people. And um, it's shown that it can be a, an extremely beneficial tool in remaining connected with people because, um, you know, I can, we're having this conversation uh, now because of technology. Yeah. So I think it's definitely been a massive benefit um, when you, when you use it in the right way, because sometimes if you're not being conscious of how you're using it and what your interaction with it is, it can, you know, have the opposite effect. But um with regards to the um to the Fitbits and stuff, I think uh, something that's really important at the moment is trying to be, you know, remain somewhat fit and healthy and, and getting some exercise. And I think one of the reasons for that, and it might kind of lead nicely into the whole thing of working remotely, is like because we're working remotely, there's no journey to work, there's no kind of um there's no physical activity with regards to like moving around the office and stuff. So I think with that being taken away people aren't being as active and people aren't getting as much movement in their day, like not getting their steps in and stuff. And even for someone, so like I would consider myself quite physically active regardless of, you know, whether I'm going to work or not, because I would have like the gym as something that I spend quite a bit of time in, even though I might not look like it. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, so I'd be quite physically active, but for a lot of people who maybe wouldn't be you know, as physically active with regards to like the gym or working out or, you know, going and playing a sport, like their physical activity was like going to work, walking around, getting their steps in that way, that kind of like passive exercise. So I think um, that's something with regards to like Fitbits and stuff now that, you know, I think people have had to maybe try and take a more uh, more of an ownership on themselves to like set out little blocks and, and checkpoints within their day where they can get up and get moving and get active because it is a, a massive part of uh you know trying to keep yourself both physically and mentally well definitely and even in the company that I'm working for we've um just this year since January we released a new module called move and on the move module there's online workout videos and one of the one of the videos are called desk exercises which is just 10 minute exercises that you can literally do at your desk with no equipment and it's just kind of motivates you to take 10 minutes stand up stretch something easy that anyone can do and just prevent like sedentary behavior of sitting down for hours on end and you know even eating your lunch at the at the laptop and not moving at all so I think it's really important for organizations to to you know even in our company we have every Friday 10 minute desk exercise that we all join the join the exercise and do it together companies to kind of recognize that you know some people don't have that self-motivation when working from home and that they need that little bit of um of a push from their managers and from their colleagues yeah brilliant and i think um i've been really interested by the work that you're doing um in work and i seen how i came across um kind of what it is that you're doing was you put up a linkedin post um and the linkedin post was um to try and encourage people to get involved in the survey that you're doing so I know a big part of your job or you, the research that you're doing is trying to, you know, get a sense for how people are coping with regards to the remote working and, um, you know, kind of get a general sense of what the pe what people's opinions of it is and kind of, you know, maybe some of the drawbacks or some of the um, 
some of the the positive aspects of it as well so I suppose through your research and, and kind of the work that you're doing has there been kind of some common trends or has there been yeah. anything that stood out from that so basically I'll just give a brief description of power the area that I'm working at the minute it's a well-being tool that has six key areas of well-being so life mind work food active and sleep and then um, my role then is to first I write articles for the well-being blog so this might be about um, your personality type during board games or the psychology of tinder or self-care over christmas was one of them the benefits of books and um, motivation stations so just various articles that um, i really enjoy writing and they're on the blog and then also i'm involved in research so power is used by organizations in ireland the uk and now australia and so I'd be doing research on the employees of these organizations and their well-being over time and then providing recommendations based on their well-being scores um, through power. Um, and then in October there, I did a well-being workshop for the NHS in the UK, which was a four week workshop, which I really enjoyed doing as well. But um, so more recently, then we've just finished up a global working from home survey, which had over 3500 participants from across the globe. And um, we were just kind of assessing their um, well-being in the six key areas. And we did this with a company called Truthsayers. And Truthsayers are a neurotech company um, that measure implicit reaction time um, to uncover people's implicit feelings towards a statement rather than asking the person out straight like in a normal questionnaire. So um, what we found through this survey was really interesting. So I was involved in the data analysis and the, the write-up of the report. So predominantly people who are working from home, this is kind of like globally what people are finding while working from home, they are sleeping better, which is likely due to the lack of commute. So they're sleeping better and sleeping longer. So for example, in the UK research showed that um, employees who were working in the office were spending over an hour each day commuting to work. So this lack of commuting to work is definitely giving people better sleep, which is really important. Um, another key finding that we had was that um, people are having difficulty in terms of their diet. So um, this is likely due to kind of comfort eating. Like we are going through a global pandemic and you're hearing constantly about like the cases, the number of deaths on the news. I know whenever I'm stressed, like I literally kind of would be inclined to like have a comfort snack. Mm. I feel better. So I'd say this might be leading to that. And then also the snack cupboard is so close by that people might say, okay, I've done that report now, I'll just go and have a snack as a little treat for myself, which um, is kind of the risk there. Um, also, we found that stress seems to have become a problem with people working from home, especially because the line between work and life is kind of blurred at the minute. So, you know, especially if you're laptop and you're working from home in the same room as you're sleeping, you know, it's extremely hard to draw the line between when you're finished work and when you're living your life so yeah i think uh the really interesting point that you made there was with regards to like the stress eating um or like the comfort eating um <laughs> with the cupboard being so close to the you know to your laptop and then even on the point of that separation of life between life and work that whole thing of work-life balance i think work work-life balance can work both ways you can you know work-life balance could be improved because of covid because we don't have like the additional commute time like the one hour at the start of the day or the one hour at the end of the day however long it takes you to get into work and um, but also that kind of knowing when to draw the line of saying my work schedule is you know generally 
a nine to five working day. Sometimes I may have to work later, but it's important to not like allow your work to just become your life because that's just not good in any sense, not good for you. uh, Like in the short term and not good for your company long-term, because if you're, if you're being that way and if you're kind of, you know, constantly putting in grueling hours, it's, it's, it's going to result in you being less productive, less happy in work and stuff like that as well. So I think that's definitely important to understand that kind of separation. And then with regards to the, um, to the comfort eating, so like I, I probably am in someone who has too many snacks being honest but I think it's that kind of whole thing of like so when you were in the office one of the things that used to happen quite regularly in my in my old office I've recently changed jobs but in my old office was people would bring in food or snacks <laughs> and like you're like oh you're an absolute legend bringing in bringing in donuts or something and everyone like they don't last long <laughs> they don't last yeah. long when they're there like I suppose the the flip of that is and trying to tie it back into working from home is like if if the snacks aren't there you don't look for them but because mm-hmm. they're there you'll, you'll go over and you'll have a few so I think um that's definitely an interesting one with regards to the the working from home thing and then actually I even forgot to mention was the um so that whole thing of you know having a designated area for your work so mm-hmm. I um when I when I've I've been working from home since March um and like my desk now is in like an old and like just a room that no one was using in the house. Um, and then, but it was previously in my bedroom. And I said, you know what, this is not good because yeah. if I'm just sitting, if I'm just sitting in the one room all day and not having any sort of like stimulus that is different from like the surrounding that I'm in, like 90% of the day, it's not going to be good for my well-being. It's not going to be good for like just actually ha- looking at something different, having a bit of a change of scenery. I think that change of scenery is important um, and having that sort of stimulus that is, is, is different to, to what you're, you're exposed to for the majority of the days is, is important as well. So yeah, I'd move, I've moved it into the, into the spare room, which, uh, yeah. which um, was, was good. Um, but it also meant that I had to do a clear out of this room as well. So <laughs> that wasn't so good. It wasn't so enjoyable. Um <laughs> But um, yeah, well, one thing I would kind of recommend for people who who don't have the option to move into another room and, and have to work in the same room as they're sleeping in is, you know, in the office, you might have a clean desk policy at the end of the day where put everything away, put it all into a drawer, kind of give yourself that clean desk policy when you're working from home. So turn off the laptop, close it down, put away any sheets that you have. So that then when you have finished your working day at say five or six o'clock, you're not looking over thinking, oh, geez, I better get to that. You know, um, I have to do that then tomorrow and it's constantly reminding. So you're not you're not actually stepping away from work and enjoying your life. You're just constantly being um, overwhelmed with the amount of work that you have to do. So just try and create that boundary. And then especially if you do feel like you have a lot of work to be doing um, at the end of the day, write a list of everything that has to be done the next day and maybe prioritize this so that when you're finished your work, you don't have a thousand thoughts racing in your head about what has to be done. You can just say, right, I've done my list. I've put everything away and I can tackle it tomorrow in the morning first thing. And then the next day in the morning, you'll see what has to be done, the priority that it has to be done. In. And it's just a lot more of an effective way of working. And you can also have a bit of a work-life balance as well, hopefully. Yeah, I think it's important to um to have that separation and I think one of the things that you said with the whole thing of that clear desk policy and basically like mm-hmm. so your laptop is there and if it's if it's visible to you it's going to be yeah. a reminder that mm, 
didn't quite finish that report or, you know, need to do that thing tomorrow or, oh God, I've got that meeting with, you know, someone that is, that you yeah. don't clearly get on well with in work or whatever it may be. <laughs> um, I think out of sight, out of mind is a good, is a good kind of phrase to tie into that. Um, and to just get it, you know, get it out of sight and then just go on about your day as you would if you were in the office, because that is the whole thing of different location is definitely um, beneficial when it's, it's not remote. Then you had mentioned about, what was the other thing that you'd mentioned? Writing the list. Yeah, the list. Yeah. So the list, that's another important thing. So like, I think lists, lists can be definitely beneficial um, for like people to like, just understand what the task in hand is I think having that defined list can one be helpful with regards to your stress levels in order you know in order to maintain them and kind of like know what you you need to do but also it can be helpful with a sense of achievement when you tick off each thing throughout the day exactly you you feel that you've accomplished something and I think that in itself can be a great like sense of a, a lift or great sense of a you know achievement and it makes you feel good about yourself knowing that you've done something and you know, it's about building up momentum with that sort of stuff. Like if you've got a list of 10 things and you're like, Oh no, I've got so much to do. But the minute you start to like knock them off the list, you start to build up momentum and you start to say, you know what, I can do this. This isn't too bad. And you know, you get into a swing of things. So I think that's, um, that's definitely a really positive thing about that. Um, another thing that I would say about like, um, lists and calendars and and having that kind of schedule and a routine about your day is like a calendar doesn't you you don't work for the calendar the calendar should work for you like try and like formulate the structure on that calendar that means that it's lending itself to you and you're not kind of like you're not a slave to the slave to the calendar or the slots that are in that calendar you're you're defining what that calendar looks like you can put in like little hour blocks of different tasks and stuff because a book that I'm reading at the moment, I think I actually have it here beside me is, um, it's called deep work. So, um, deep work. And it's the title of it is rules for focus success in a distracted world. So like, I think one of the things when you're working is like, if you're given, let's say the 10 things on your, on your to-do list, like 10% of your attention each, if you're given 10% of this, 10% of that, 10% of that, none of them are going to really get enough like um, attention that they deserve. And by constantly dipping in and out of all the different tasks, they're all going to take longer to get done. So one of the things, now this might not be for everyone, it may, like the work schedule may not lend itself. But one of the things that I do is I'd block, I'd block like little slots to do each of the tasks to try and get them done. And that means that I know if I can put in hours like effort into that one task, and I'm getting into a state of flow and I'm, you know, giving it the, my hundred percent of my attention that I'll get it done much quicker than I would if I just, you know, was dipping in out of all these different. Yeah, things. definitely. And just with regards to um, the like calendars and taking breaks for yourself, I definitely think what's harder with working from home compared to in the office is like the social cues. So in the office, you might, you go in, you sit down, you have your colleagues beside you and they'll say, oh, we're going for lunch now. It's one o'clock. And they'll bring, drag you away from your laptop or away from your desktop to, to go for lunch and to um, free your mind of whatever work you're doing, go for a walk, have some lunch or whatever. Whereas now you don't have them social cues. You, you know, it's up to yourself to motivate yourself to get up away from the desk and have your lunch. And I think a lot of people are tempted to, well, I know I am tempted to just grab your lunch and eat it while you continue working. 
but like your productivity levels are going to be a lot higher if you get away from the desk and go outside, go for a walk, distract yourself and clear your mind and come back with fresh eyes because um, otherwise you're just, you're going to experience burnout if you're working from 9am until 6pm without a break and without getting away from the screen at all. You really should give yourself that time to get away as if you're in an office and when it's five or six o'clock, pull yourself away from the laptop as you would in an office because um, it's it's just not healthy for you to be staying um, working until 9 p.m. every day um, because it's not sustainable as well and you're going to experience burnout if you continue. Yeah, I even regret to some of the, like, the personal personal ventures that I'm doing, like even this the Ladvice podcast and stuff. Um, a couple of other things, I suppose, I, I'm trying to, again, trying to focus my time and attention and work a bit smarter this year mm-hmm. in particular um, instead of working harder, just trying to work a bit smarter. But um, one of the things that I would always say to myself is that, okay, one of the things I would say is, well, Nathan, if you love doing this, you'd do it all the time. You wouldn't need to take breaks and all the rest. But that's not realistic. It's not yeah. only, it's not a great way to have a conversation with yourself either. You need to be a bit more compassionate and, and understanding of yourself and your own needs as an individual. And I think okay. by being by having that bit of time where you're considered not productive or you're not really doing anything that is you know working towards a goal or getting a task done it will allow yourself to be productive more sustainably or more in the long run so I think that is definitely important um and then on the whole thing of like on the whole thing of working from home I think a lot of people are doing like even myself included I would do like an audit and say like well these are the positives or these are the negatives We've definitely kind of discussed some positives and negatives already. I think one of the real things with regards to the positives and negatives of working from home, it can, I know it's, it might, it's so much easier to say than it is to do, but it can be either. It can be positive or, or it can be negative. And I think one of the single most important aspects of that is, aside from like your work being, you know, understanding of your own personal circumstances and stuff and, and actually, you know, being a company that is promoting wellness um, is to have that sense of personal accountability and ownership of your own life and your own daily tasks and routines. Like one of the things, one of the things that has been taken away is that kind of passive exercise and stuff. We've talked about it already one of the things that <laughs> I had been doing, but um, I've kind of I've kind of dropped off now recently. I need to get back into the swing of things and get my mojo back. But yeah. is, is is getting out for that bit of a walk at the start of the day? Yeah. Like I think one of the reasons to, to give myself a bit of credit was the weather has been terrible, so it hasn't yeah. been overly appealing to get out <laughs> get out and go <laughs> go for a walk in the mornings. But now that it's starting to get a bit sunnier, I think it's it's something that um, I'll, I'll bring back into my routine. Definitely. It is trying to like have that accountability because when you're when you're in the office, you're held accountable by your peers, you're held accountable by your manager, you're held accountable by you know many different people. But when you're from home, it's that little bit easier to maybe not be accountable and maybe you know do what feels good right now, like what feel, what what might feel good um in the morning when you get up for work is. I'm not really going to get out of bed. I'm going to just pull the laptop in here beside me and I'm going to start, you know, going about my day. But like in the long run, that will let you slip into a bit of a, a bit of a rut, a bit of a slump. And mm. although it might be enjoyable or pleasant or nice to get that bit more, bit, bit of a rest in the morning, um, in the long run, it's going to mean that you're, 
your tasks are going to start to rack up. They're going to build up because you're not really getting to them in the mornings and you're taking about, you know, an extra bit of a break. And also I think even for your own sense of like your own sense of like well-being, your own sense of like sense of worth, like it's important to get up and get dressed and like have a shower and just like, you know, actually look after yourself and get yeah, your breakfast okay. in the morning. And um, one of the things that this isn't something that someone said to me in the last year, but someone when I was back in school someone would be like oh well no one's seen me no no one's going to see me so why would I bother getting dressed or why would I bother like um you know changing my outfit from the day before <laughs> no one no one is oh that was someone that someone said no that one wants me. to see you <laughs> I won't I'm not going to get into the actual conversation about that was <laughs> but someone said that to me youngs ago and it stuck with me and it, one of the things, like my my response w- would be to it now. I think at the time I was like, ah, yeah, go on, whatever. But my response to that would be now is, okay, no one might see you. No one might see you. You might not have a Zoom call. You might not have anything. But you'll see yourself, and it's important to to do it for yourself and not for anyone else. So I think that's mm-hmm. an important thing. I went on a ramble there, but uh, I think it was <laughs> definitely. But I remember when I was working back in Ireland, I was working for um, ESB there for a year, and. Uh, I used to, when, when we switched to working from home, I'd literally walk to the train station where I used to get the train to the office and then just walk back home again. And it would be like, that's my commute to work now, done, and then just work from home. But it still kind of got me in the mindset that I was going to work, even mm. though I'd walk straight back to the bedroom where I had slept. It's just kind of, it's all about, you know, stretching your mind to prepare yourself for the day, definitely. Yeah, I think um, on the whole thing of like, you know, we do have extra time. We've been afforded that. Well, it can it can work both ways with the extra time because of you drawn that line between work and work and home. But with the extra time, it's great that you have the extra time, but it's important to do something with that extra yeah. time that is going to work for you because like the extra time will be a positive if you make it a positive, but if the extra time will be a negative if, or, you know, it will be a neutral if you don't make it, make it out to be a positive. Like, because you said on the whole thing of getting extra sleep, like extra, yeah, but that probably is the case. But at the same time, people can say like, well, I'm going to be in bed for an extra hour. So therefore I'll just go to sleep an extra hour later. I think it's important to yeah. acknowledge the importance of sleep and have that structure, a nighttime routine as much as you would have a, have a, have a day, like a morning routine and to make sure that you're looking after yourself in that regard. Um, so I think like we've kind of like, discussed kind of the general aspects of working from home is there was there or was there anything else that you wanted to have kind of included there like I'm just looking back at some notes that I kind of had uh, written out and it was kind of like that whole thing of less travel more time technology has been a facilitator um, and then kind of like structure accountability exercise uh, and stuff like that like I kind of you know where you said you did your research <laughs> your research was far more extensive than me I um I put up a like an Instagram poll and I said are you working from home yes or no <laughs> and then just a general feedback section um it was just to make sure that I suppose for me I'll have my own experience but you know although people might be in similar situations or scenarios to me they may, they may not have had the same experience so make sure I would like I've tried to include some of those like comments some of those pieces of feedback into like my discussion there I think I have um but like was there anything else that you wanted to have included within that or 
Yeah, so just in terms of like, I think a lot of the focus now is, oh, working from home, how employees are coping. Whereas um, because I'm a student and an employee at the minute, I think students kind of have been forgotten about a bit because mm. at the same time, students are all studying from home as well. And so originally for my master's thesis, I was going, I was going to um, investigate the effects of power, the wellbeing tool that I'm using um, on the wellbeing of employees. But um, as I kind of was progressing through my study and the master's the master's study, I decided that I was going to switch this to um, switch this to students studying from home. So I kind of um, replicated power into student power and created a new portal for specifically for students. So um, this is kind of in, instead now I'm focusing on the effects of student power on the overall well-being of students who are studying from home because. Um, like these days, students are expected to provide the same um, quality of workload while they have complete lack of support compared to when you're on campus. And like in my work life, I find, oh yeah, I have a Zoom call nearly every day. I have people checking up on me, people, you know, oh Louise, did you get that report done? Like this is due now. Whereas in my student life, it's kind of radio silence in a way. Um, it's mm -hmm. more like, you know, there's a deadline there. If you don't have that done, you fail. and college goes on without you no one really cares you're just going to continue to fall behind and fall behind so I think what's really important there if you are failing and even before you're failing is to look after your well-being because without good well-being you're not going to be able to look after yourself and you're kind of going to be left behind so this is why student power is like a one-stop shop and we have like workout videos um including like pilates yoga workout mobility and then we have articles on well-being we have meditations um, we have reflect exercises um, which can be really nice to look over your like your journey as you're studying from home and um, then also we have a well-being challenge which um, will participants who partake in the well-being challenge will have a chance to win a Fitbit so I'm currently recruiting if anyone wants to, to participate in the study um, but another thing I think while studying from home is that in my undergrad like you'd be sitting beside your your um, your your friends in college and you'd be like oh how are you getting on with that assignment and they'd say oh yeah I submitted that or oh I've got my ethical approval and you think Jesus you know I better get a move on yeah. and like force you like tuny Mac I know where I'm at I'm falling behind or whatever and it motivates you to keep going and keep going whereas now you don't have that like yeah there's a group chat but like for me I've probably met a few people who are in that group chat you don't know the people um you're less kind of at home to to motivate yourself and that can be really difficult so I think it's important that we don't leave the students behind and um, kind of recognize their well-being as well. So that's why I wanted to focus on it for my master thesis. And I want to, um, my kind of goal for this year is to um, incorporate well-being into colleges because I think it's something that's really important. Important, And a lot of colleges say like, oh yeah, and the well-being of our students is really important. But what are you actually doing for the well-being of your students? Have you invested in it? Do you have any tools available for them? It's all well and good saying you care about somebody's well-being, but like, do you have the proof that you're doing anything? So that's kind of my goal for 2021. Brilliant. I think it's a fantastic goal to have as well. I do think that whole thing of, you know, good intentions from the from the college in the sense that they're saying, oh, yeah, well, well-being is important. But a good intention will remain an intention if there's no yeah. action behind it as well. So I think, you know, important to to put their you know, money or you know put their 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 actual effort and attention behind that intention as well um 
is an important is an important part of that. I think so. My sister is 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 doing college from home at the moment, and it is a totally different dynamic. I think college in itself, like when you talked about the accountability piece, I, I do. I am. I definitely resonate with that because even when I was in college and I was in college attending college, um, I would I went to DCU as well. Was like it's totally different from school and you know a lot of people said that the junior cert or the junior cert the leaving cert at this exam the junior cert that's a long time ago now but um they would have said that the leaving cert was the hardest exam you'll ever do and it all gets easier after that bollocks (laughs) (laughs) excuse the french but like i definitely found personally that college was much more difficult and i did i find that one of the changes in dynamic of college is that in school, it's the teacher saying, you know, do this, do this, do this, do this. Mm-hmm. Did you do the homework? Did you do the work? Did you do the work? There is that kind of accountability held from someone who's, you know, deemed to be your superior. In college, they don't care. If, if yeah. you turn up to the lecture, you turn up to the lecture, it's on you. If you, get the, if you get the assignment done, you get the assignment done, it's on you. And I think one of the difficulties now this year is that is that piece of, well, one of the things that I definitely found about going into college was, was, well, a good thing was you know that whole thing of well oh did you do that assignment did you do that assignment mm-hmm. did you do that? that was a little bit of a kick it was a bit of a kind of a, a nudge to kind of say you know Jesus you're I haven't even started that one and you're kind of like oh crap better get going but the other thing was <laughs> the other thing was also did you start that assignment wait what assignment and yeah. <laughs> like so that was definitely helpful um but I also think one of the things that I would like observe or one of the things that I've noticed now is so it, it does go both ways in a sense that like the, the students um, like are struggling and the st- students are working remote or are doing the college work remotely, but the lecturers are doing it remotely too. Well, mm-hmm. you know, remotely in a sense that they're communicating over Zooms and stuff. And it's more, it's so much more difficult now for the, the lecturer or and for the students both to try and communicate with each other and, and, you know, if there was a question that they would have had previously in, like, let's say they had a, lec- they had a lecture and a, a question cropped up, one, you could, you know, just throw up the hand. It's a little bit more daunting to do that on a Zoom, I think, for people. Definitely. And then I also think that after, like, after a lecture or something, the lecturer would, you know, be hanging around, gathering things up. And if you, even in the scenario of the, the lecture being, being present in the same room as you, if you didn't feel comfortable saying it in front of the whole the whole lecture class you could just you know give them a nudge afterwards and say hey wanted to have a chat with you about this doesn't there's, there's not that really in place anymore or the the, mm-hmm. the the ease at which you can do it isn't in place so i think that's definitely a challenge for them as well and i also feel so bad for them like on zoom lectures when they'd say and does anyone have any questions and it's just radio silence mm-hmm. for like five minutes and you're like i might even just make up a question just to support them so I think that like I would personally find that very hard if you've just put in an hour lecture and then you say, now, does anyone have any questions or anything? And it's just silence for ages. Like, I'd say that's very hard to remain positive after that. And like students just staring at you or even especially if the students have no camera on for the whole lecture. And then you just feel like you're speaking to a blank screen for the, for the whole time. You know? I think you I think even on that, like and I suppose like for people who are on those lectures, they probably like many many people would have questions and many people would have things that they're unsure of or that they want to ask but there's a se- there's a sense of like oh well if I ask that I'm going to sound stupid or I'm going to yeah. I'm going to like people are going to be like what is what is why is he bothering to ask that question 
But like I can I can almost guarantee if you have a question in, in, in your head that you want to ask, there's probably 10 other people that have the mm-hmm. same question. And don't feel as though by you asking it, it makes you any less like intelligent or anything like that. And yeah. you're not meant to know all the answers to all the questions. And one of the ways of, of trying to understand everything more is by asking the question. I think there's a quote I'm going to try and do it justice is um, the person who asks a question uh, is a fool once and the person who never asks a question is a fool for life. I think that's how true. it goes. Very true. Essentially thinking that you know everything is a, is a dangerous game to play and basically trying to encourage people to not yeah. feel uh, out of place or not feel as though that they're like any less by asking a question in a lecture, mm. whether that's... Um, in the middle of it or at the end of it so yeah no i think that's definitely an important um important dynamic i do think students have been left behind you can see that you can get that sense through social media there is a lot of like there is a lot of angst there is a lot of frustration and anger there and uh, i can definitely you know resonate with well resonate or understand or understand uh, that that kind of sentiment too so it's definitely um a fantastic goal that you've set out for the for the next year and uh yeah. I've no doubt that you will make positive impact. And I think even by recording this podcast, we'll have some positive impact because uh, I definitely think uh, it's going to be so beneficial for people to have a listen to. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I suppose in relation to employees and organizations is um, like the whole idea of Zoom fatigue and like people are just sick and tired of Zoom calls. And in the beginning of the lockdown, it was, oh, we'll do a quiz on Zoom <laughs> and it'll be fun. And, you know, we'll get an Instagram story of us all with a glass of wine. Whereas now, like when you say the word Zoom, it's kind of like, oh, geez, it's not another Zoom. But like, I think for personally what I found, and I've done a bit of research on this, is that nowadays, like um, when you're working from home, the Zoom is scheduled for a specific reason, whether you're discussing a... Um, a project at work or uh, you know a meeting that has a specific reason for for that meeting there's no longer bumping into somebody in the office and having a bit of chit chat and saying oh how are you like you know what what's going on with your life how was your weekend now it's like okay here's the zoom this is scheduled for this reason we're going to talk about this and it's just kind of draining and it can it can just like pull you of all your energy like you turn on the zoom straight away chatting about work I think what's really important and just try to do it in the next few zoom calls that you have if you're working from home is just ask people how was your weekend you know how are you getting on I know people don't have any news nowadays and it's just you can you're basically just talking about what you had for dinner the night before but even if you just say like oh any Netflix programs you're watching any good books you're reading and just create a conversation that way I feel like it it literally lifts your mood so much more than if you delve straight into talking about work and um, it gives you that sense of social support that you might be missing in the office, especially Irish people. I feel like like a little chit chat kind of during the day and work. Yeah. It's, it's not natural to be focused on work the whole time from um, for a one hour Zoom and it can really drain you. Yeah, I think even having that sense of like knowing that someone is, is, is like wondering how you're getting on and, and trying to look after you in a certain sense, but just asking the question is definitely helpful. I think those kind of like you know the the pleasantries of, of conversations you know it's not just this is outrageous but I'm going to say, <laughs> say it anyway so you know it reminds me of that song the, the Tiesto song let's get down to business like you know straight in <laughs> like no, no, no pleasantry yeah. no nothing I think it's important to like just kind of you know ask people how they're getting on and even by mm. being asked like it, it kind of makes you feel like appreciated in a sense yeah um and you know you do kind of miss those like 
pop over to someone's desk and this can be in the, the case for college or for work is like you know you see like you said see someone in the corridor and say oh geez how are you getting on blah, blah, blah. and you might even just have a general chit chat about like football or if you're into football or whatever yeah. whatever is going on in the world you'll have a chat with them and I think that's kind of gone but even so what I had kind of said to myself and what I said to my sister when she's in college is just because they're gone and just because you know you're not going to bump into people in the in the corridor or you know wherever you can just you can just give them like a, a nudge and say hey what's up how's it going do you want to jump yeah. on a quick quick zoom and it's not against the rules to have like a, a quick chat for five to ten minutes with someone just to see how they're getting on and, and catch up yeah. about general shite that's going on I think it's really important now because I think a lot of people are scared to reach out to each other because nobody has any news and they think oh well there's gonna be nothing to say if I ring that person and if you do feel a bit overwhelmed and feel a bit like, ah, oh, I don't really want to reach out and call someone, even if you just send a voice note to let someone know that you're thinking of them, it is that bit more personal than a text. And, you know, it kind of brings you back to when you were all together, which I find really nice. And um, as well, if it's, if it's related to work and you have to ask someone a question, maybe just give them a ring to ask them the question rather than sending them an email, just to make it a bit more personal. And the more social interactions you have in the day, the more good you're going to feel about yourself at the end of the day rather than just staring at a screen typing the whole time definitely I dare agree with that too um so I think like try and we've had a fantastic conversation about all the kind of the ins and outs of of, of work and, and life at the moment and definitely some value in there I think one of the so I had done this previously and it definitely wasn't as good as this as this conversation that we were having here um one, because you've got a wealth of knowledge uh, in the kind of topic and the discussion, which has been um, so great to, to kind of pick your brain on. But um, the other thing was like I, I had just done like some kind of general research on like tips about working from home. Mm. I think having a conversation with yourself is much more difficult. So um appreciate you coming on um for those two reasons but like so I didn't know I just kind of noted down some of the things that I touched on within that podcast and it was basically kind of like around I don't want to say advice because everyone's different than like you know they're, they're gonna what I would say to people is listen to this as advice and listen to this as a, like food for thought and you can then choose to you know structure your day in such a way that works for you but like I had come up with like I think there's like 12 line items of like general things that would be beneficial and help throughout your day. But I'm going to, um, I know that you like, you're so immersed in this and um, you know, you've done the research in it, but was there, would there be any kind of tips or advice for people that may be of assistance and like, even by listening to them and even by looking for the answers um, it'll be helpful um, to kind of, you know, pick and choose which ones might work for them. Yeah, so I suppose I have a few tips that people could use. So number one is to take proper breaks. So try to get away from your desk, go for a walk, call a friend, chat to a family member, and you'll be more productive if you take that 30 minute break during the day than if you stay at your desk eating your lunch and give your mind that distraction so that you have fresh eyes when you come back to the desk. Um, number two, if you can, try to set up a home office that separates your work life from your home life. If this isn't possible, like I said earlier, create that clean desk policy, put everything away and um, enjoy your evening rather than constantly going back. And like, if it comes to nine o'clock, just stop. Like, don't think, okay, I'll get some more done. You're not, you're realistically, when you look at the work you've done after nine o'clock the next morning, it's going to be gibberish. So you're better off starting the next morning. 
Number three is to write a list. So like I said earlier, when you're finished work in the evening, write a list of the things that you have to do the next day. Um, number four would be to create a good pre-bedtime routine. So your sleep hygiene is really important. And this includes changing into pajamas, um, turning down the lights so that you have a dim and um, relaxing environment before bed, have clean bed sheets, um, and maybe listen to some relaxing music or read a book and just put your phone away. Um, one thing I have just gotten into recently is um, Audible because, and even listening to like relaxing music and relaxing soundtracks, um, because you're re especially if you're working or studying from home, you're reading, you're looking at the screen all day, you're reading articles, you're reading whatever. You don't want to read a book because you've been reading all day. You don't want to look at a screen because you've been looking at a screen all day. So it's nice to listen to an audible because you still get that entertainment or a podcast. You still get that entertainment, but you're not looking or reading, which is a nice way to relax. Number five would be to avoid snacking while you work. So once you start eating at your desk, it's easy to it's an easy habit to get into. So set aside times of the day that you can have food so that you're more conscious and aware of what you're eating and you're not mindlessly snacking at your desk. Um, um, number six would be to stand up every now and then. So sedentary behavior has been proven to have a really negative effect on the body. So stand up at least once every 30 minutes and just walk around the room and stretch. And um, the desk size videos that we have are great for that. Um, and then number seven would be to try and stay in contact with people. Like I said earlier, send a voice note, just get that personal contact going with people. Even if you have nothing to say, just let people know that you're checking up on them. And then number eight, finally, would be don't be too hard on yourself. If you have put on a few pounds or you haven't stayed in touch with as many people as you typically would, if that's okay, you're going through a global pandemic and everyone is just trying to cope in whatever way suits them. So um, be compassionate with yourself and go easy on yourself and um, you'll thank yourself for it in the long run. Yeah, I think that, that, that last one's brilliant. And it's something that like I've, I've, I've said before on like kind of like stories or social media on the Ladvice page is that whole thing of like, if I was to say to you, and this is to just to everyone in general, like, okay, if I was to say to you in 2019 that in 2020, you were going to go into a global pandemic, the place was going to be shut down for the guts of eight months, and maybe you'll have a couple of months off here and there to try and get back to some form of normality, you would have said, oh, fuck that, I wouldn't be able to do it. Like, I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't be able, I can't cope, I can't even deal some of those kind of things. And okay, you may not have coped as well as you would have liked. I mean, things may not be as good as, you, as you'd like at the moment, but you're at, you're at coping, you're getting through it. And so far you've gotten through 100% of your worst days. And I know it's kind of a little bit, you know, it's a little bit have a day off. Good times are coming around the corner. We will get back to normal. I know it's been pushed back, but we'll get there. And I think that's a really, really important like note to get across to people is, yeah, okay, you might not be, you know, flourishing. You might not be, you know, living your best life, but no one's really doing that at the moment. So don't don't be too hard on yourself for it. But um, I think all your points was a re it was a really kind of good way to like kind of conclude some of the discussions that we've had already. Like I think a lot of value in there and a lot of kind of like trying to remind people of of some of the key takeaways from from the discussion. And I think like another really important point to know and you know a helpful resource for people. Um, in addition to to all the stuff that I'm putting up on Instagram <laughs> and uh, all the other podcasts that I've done is um, the fantastic work that Louise is doing with regards to the Power App and the research that she's been conducting over the last while. And if anyone did want to get involved, Louise, is there any way that they can kind of, you know, volunteer to participate in that or try to, to get involved? 
Yeah, so they can just write to me on any social media platform. So I suppose Instagram will be the best one for this. Um, my name will probably be tagged in the Instagram post, so you can write to me on that. Yeah, brilliant. I'll be sure to tag you in the post and um, hopefully people can can reach. Oh, look, you might be bombarded with people now. Uh, <laughs> be a lot of people coming and looking for uh, some help and assistance. And with regards to, to, to like getting involved, do you, like, so obviously we've talked about students and we've talked about um, from, from, from in a work setting as well. Do you have to be a student or do you have to be um, working or? For this research, you do have to be a student studying from home. But if you're in an organization that you think, okay, you know, we're looking for a wellbeing tool, we're looking for ways that we can help out, just give me a, a text as well and we can look at um, how we can use power in your company um, because it's a really good tool for employees and um, we can discuss that further then. So if you think that your organization is in need of some wellbeing, which majority of organizations are, um, then um, I would re definitely recommend power because it's a really good wellbeing tool. Yeah, brilliant. I think wellness, um, it, in it, all its glory and all it, in the whole sense is, is becoming more and more important in the world. And I think like a lot of, a lot of companies are starting to adopt that whole piece of wellness. And I think like you as an employee, and if, if you're listening to this podcast and if you've you like been interested and would like to, you know, make it, make use of or avail of the service that that power has to offer. I think as an employee, if you were to show the initiative and if you were to, you know, raise that, because, yeah. you know, there, people are like companies are always looking for ways to improve and, and, and advance in, in all aspects of their uh, of their operations. And I think if you're an employee who does come to the to your manager or whoever it may be or put into a suggestion box and um, this suggestion of, you know, adopting more of a, uh, you know, importance or uh, in adopting a new tool with regards to wellness, it will be seen as such a such a fantastic initiative and idea that you've brought forward. And I think you'll be greatly, you know, respected and appreciated for doing that. And then um, it will reflect well on you and hopefully, um, you know, your company will adopt it and it will have uh, such a fantastic impact into, you know, everyone that's working for the company's uh, quality of life and wellness. So yeah, that was, um, that was a brilliant conversation, Louisa. Thank you so much. Um, so your Instagram handle, I'll leave it in the description. Um, for anyone who has listened and has enjoyed the podcast, I'd encourage people to give it a share on their social medias, not for vanity or not for self-promotion, but I suppose, like, I think with regards to these kind of podcasts, there's, there's such value and there's such benefit in them. And the more people that listen to them, the more people that it can help. And that is the whole aim of this, like one of the core, like one of the core values and one of the core, like one of the core sayings of the podcast is empowering you to make a positive change today for a better tomorrow. And there's definitely some such like uh, positive changes that people can make in their lives after listening to this podcast. It is easier said than done, but I think even by just trying to, you know, be conscious of those kind of things and trying to make the changes, it sets a, a chain reaction of events that will ultimately improve uh, a lot of areas of your life. So yeah. yeah, that's been brilliant. Uh, thanks so, so much for coming on. I really, really do appreciate it. Can't emphasize that enough. And um, thank you very much for having me. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will love and leave all of the, the Lad Boys listeners. And um, I'll let you get on with the rest of your day. I hope you have a good one. And as for all of the Lad Boys listeners, I hope you're having a good week. I hope you can realize that there is better times coming ahead. And that is all from me for this week. Stay tuned next week for another guest episode. And as always, peace.